Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 51 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Today, I'll be picking the brain of Calvin Wayman. Calvin is an author, speaker, sales expert, and social media entrepreneur. But he wasn't always such a success. In fact, in his early 20s, he held a company record for the worst performing sales agent in the company's history. And after almost being fired, he found a mentor and went from being the worst performing to the best. Calvin started a social media business called CobbsMedia.com and has been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, Social Media Examiner, The Huffington Post, and was even named one of the top 30 entrepreneurs under the age of 30 by Influencer.com. And recently, he has released his first book, which has already made it on the Amazon Top 100 in the success category. The book is called Fish Out of Water, The Guide to Achieving Breakthrough and Permanently Transforming into the New You. Calvin, welcome to the show and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Daniel, you're certainly welcome. I'm just super pumped and honored to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Okay, now, before we get into how you went from being a loser to achieving massive success... Sorry for being blunt. Sorry love that. Being, love that. No, it's totally. Being... It's, it's a total fair statement. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try to defend that. I'm. I'm known for not mincing my words, so this should be fun. Um, yeah, but I guess for 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 my sake and and also the people listening, we'd like to get to know a little bit about you first. What's your background and what what was it like growing up? So one of the things that isn't talked about too much is I was actually homeschooled. Uh, I didn't go to high school or anything that like that. Um, some people get homeschooled and then they go, end up going to high school. I literally was homeschooled from preschool all the way through high school, wow. and uh, got my high school diploma at home when I was <laughs> 16 years old. Um, and that did a couple things. Uh, <laughs> right. On the on the positive side, on the positive side of things, it taught me that I think that's what gave me the entrepreneurial foundation that I have, mm-hmm. uh, which is I want to do it my way. You know, uh, there's 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 just the way I learned was wouldn't have been acceptable in a lot of uh, established schools today. Like my mom um, uses this. My mom who taught me, like she tells people how when she was in the middle of a lesson teaching me and a, and a couple of my siblings, I would be lounging on the floor uh, <laughs> and brilliant. almost looking like I'm not paying attention. Uh-huh. Then she would ask a question and I would pipe up and say the answer. And <laughs> and she uses that and tells other teachers how people learn differently. And it's not just a cookie cutter thing. Here's me, uh, a young 10-year-old or 11-year-old, whatever I was, just lounging around, <laughs> it looks like, not paying attention. But I was, and that was just my way of learning and doing things. So that gave me the entrepreneurial foundation. That's very Now, cool. the, the negative side, I guess, or the con to that was I didn't have the regular social interaction that you typically would have when you go to grade school, public school, and things like that. So when I jumped into the real world, even when I started college and when I started working at a sales company, it showed in mm-hmm. a big way. That's why I, I hold the record, I would say, for the worst performance that a sales agent had at, my, at that company because my social skills were horrible. I was so off with with understanding what was appropriate to say and not appropriate to say, just the social rules that I didn't learn from being around other human beings. Mm-hmm. And so that was the downside, I would say, um, right. just not understanding that. And so that just made me, when I went into the real world, I just fell flat on my face. So, but yeah, that's kind of where I come from. So your, your mom sounds like a very special lady because, I mean, that, that takes a lot for, for someone to have, you know, 
kids at home all day long and having yes. to teach them put up with that I, I have four kids myself yes. right now and i could tell you that uh, nice. you know 15 minutes is uh, is my is my uh, you know i'm, I'm already <laughs> i'm already like okay guys it's bedtime you know but yep. I, I love them dearly but i mean having them at home the whole day i mean when we when we have like uh vacation time and they're off school uh, it's like, oh my God, please take them back, please, you know. So th- that's incredible. And it, she's a super special woman because um, I have one child, and I'm just, I, I mean, that's a handful. You have four. My yeah. mom actually gave birth to 12 children. What? So. Yes, so she, you're you're absolutely right, and then times wow. it by ten or twelve. Wow. She was a saint to be able to put up with us. So t- totally wow. awesome. That's incredible. She had twelve kids at home. Yes, 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 sir. So, oh my yeah. goodness, well, I- so she did a great, great job to handle us. So the question I have, and I think people listening is, but why? Like, why? What, what why her- what? Well, what was her reasoning for not sending you to school? Why did she choose to do, to do the homeschooling thing? She thought she wanted what was best for her kids. Super, like super simple. Um, right. uh, she and my dad believed that it would be better for us um, to for to to get an education from home because they could control. Uh, they because uh, when you send them out, I'll say it that way. When you send people out, mm-hmm. you you don't have the control the control of what's going into your child's uh, ears right. by what other people are saying, and so that's part of it. And at the same time, they come from a conservative background and things like that, and so they 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 wanted to instill conservative values in us, and mm-hmm. I think they thought that that was the very best way to make it happen. Wow. And some of my youngest siblings actually ended up going to public school later because she did get a little bit tired. <laughs> and so um, a couple of them did graduate from a high school. But most of our life, it was just she did all of it. Hmm, that's very interesting. So I want to go – I guess I want to fast forward to your the sales guy uh, situation. You, you know, go Um what what I love about this example is that you're you're the perfect example for somebody listening to this who's not a social person who doesn't know how to interact who sucks yes. at sales right you're the perfect example of someone like that so how did you what what was the turning point how did you go from being a really bad sales guy in fact the worst to to then being the best what was it getting a mentor was the first one I almost got fired uh, because of my performance being so bad and. The person that almost fired me was the founder of the company, and it, when I was in the meeting and he was showing me my numbers saying, I don't know how you have achieved such great failure because this is – if you just read the script for crying out loud, Calvin, I don't know. You, you'll perform better than this. I don't know literally how you have these these numbers this low. I was costing the company money every, every single oh, time I took goodness. the phone call, and listening at my call several years later – I now know that I literally were talking buyers out of buying. People oh that were goodness. calling in to buy, like somehow, in, not known to me, I convinced people that were calling to buy to get off the phone with me. And the, wow. the, the, it was the wrong decision to call. Like, and it's, so having him, um, his name was Marion Timpson. Uh, he still owns uh, the company, Plus One Company, based out of uh, Utah. Mm-hmm. But uh, in that meeting... He said, this obviously can't continue, and that meant I was going to be let go. That's kind of what what I took that as, is like, this can't continue. And I just shot back to him and said, in the training, you said you could teach me to be the best. And I just kind of put it back on him, and Mm. he looked back at me and said, I can. I can teach you to be the best. The question is, are you willing to do everything I tell you to do to make that happen? And... I was all in, and I was like, absolutely. So he made me a deal. In that meeting, he made me a deal. He says, the thing I like about you, Calvin, is you're young and you're moldable. I know that I can teach you. So here's the deal. If you promise to do everything I tell you to do, whether it doesn't, whether it feels right, whether it feels comfortable or not comfortable, if you promise to just trust me to teach you, and you do something because I tell you to, then I'll keep you. I'll make you my little experiment. <laughs> deal? And I said, deal. You know, it was, I had nothing to lose. I had, 
I had read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and in that book he said that no matter what business you get into, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you need to know how to sell. And so that's why I was there. I literally wanted to know how to sell. It wasn't just for all the wonderful money and commissions you can make in sales, which is a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, this is literally the perfect situation. This is what I want. I want to learn how to sell. And now I have a mentor that's going to teach me. And that's what happened. So he was like, in that meeting, I remember one of the first challenges he gave me, it was, it was I, I had no idea what I was accepting. But the first challenge he said was, okay, here's your first challenge. Don't ever hang up the phone <laughs> until the customer does. <laughs> And I was like, okay, cool. And I didn't realize what that meant. Right. Is But what it meant was when a customer says, this sounds awesome, I'm going to buy it tomorrow. Mm. I had to come up with, instead of saying, okay, thanks, see you tomorrow. I had to figure out a way to keep them on the phone. Or if they said, you know what, that's too expensive, I'm not going to buy. Mm-hmm. I had to be like, okay, cool, and keep them on the phone. And get the and what happened is my calls went from like 30 seconds to 60 seconds, maybe three minutes. Some of my calls went up to 20 minutes, wow. 40 minutes, sometimes over an hour. <laughs> and I got a lot of practice talking to other human beings because I couldn't be a jerk. Otherwise, they would just hang up on me. My job was to keep them on. Mm-hmm. And something cool happened. People that said, no, I'm not going to buy this, ended the call saying, you know what? This is awesome. I'm glad I talked to you. I'm going to buy it. Wow. So I turned my turned no's into yeses, and I was like, holy shit, that felt cool. I just literally made an impact and, and influenced somebody because they literally said they're not buying, and they ended up buying it. Holy crap. I, may, I might be more powerful than I think. Hmm. And then the cool thing too is all the calls were recorded. So when I had several of those, I got goosebumps and was like so excited. I was like, holy crap, I turned no's into yeses. And then I could go <laughs> listen to them and find out what worked and what made those things happen. And it became my little laboratory of of understanding people and understanding human beings and seeing how they communicate and what works. Um, and it, at the same time, it started to develop this, this fearlessness, not fearlessness, but courage and, and understanding that the worst that could happen is they say no, which is no big deal. And once they said no, if they said no twice, it doesn't make your conversion work, hurt even more. It mm-hmm. still only counts as no as one. Right. And if they said no five times, it still didn't hurt you. And so when they started saying no, it just got fun for me <laughs> because I was like – and I'm so serious because it was like all the gloves are off and now it's just like – well, I'm just going to have fun. And ding, 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 because, round three. <laughs> yeah, and because if they say no, my conversion doesn't hurt anymore. But guess what? If they, take, if they say 10 no's and they just say yes one time, mm-hmm. they say yes just once. It erases all of those, and my conversion went up. And so it just became a ton of, a ton of fun. Uh, I became known as like the turnaround guy and, and the rebutter in the wow. office uh, because I just would always just rebut and you have to do it in a way that doesn't piss people off. Right. You have to do it in a way that makes it look like, cause you can't win an art. That's something I learned from my mentor. You can't win an argument hmm. and think you're going to get a sale. Meaning you can't just say this, my product's right. And here's why you can be right. But then they didn't buy. So who gives a shit if you were right? You so know, can, can you, you give have an to example of, from of, their perspective. Can you give a quick example, I guess for our listeners, um, for, you know, let's say let's say you've got someone on the phone and they and they give you one of those. Well, you know, I think it's too expensive, or you know, I'll think about Perfect. it. Let me get back to you. Absolutely. So at that point in the call, chances are they told you something of why they needed it already because you asked questions. So yeah. let's say um, I don't know if I'm going to be get sued for this, um, but <laughs> okay, I won't say the exact product name. I'll just say I was one of the products we were selling was a famous language learning software. Okay, oh, I, I won't who use that any was. name. <laughs> and so um, they call and to get a free trial or something. And in that conversation, I'm like, "This is awesome that you want to learn Spanish. What are you learning? Wanting to learn Spanish for?" And maybe he said, "You know what? My wife speaks Spanish." And I just ain't picking it up yet. Or uh, I have 
a friend that speaks Spanish and I want to communicate with her better right. or I'm going to be moving to Mexico and interact or I'm going to be using Spanish in my business more. I want to be more valuable to my job. They give some reason why they're learning it. So then when I drop them the price, then like that's very expensive mm-hmm. or I don't. So let's use that. There's yeah. never more than one objection that you handle at a time. That's just one tip. But so isolate the objection, but then once you get it, they like that's too expensive. Yeah. The first thing I do is very counterintuitive to most salespeople, but I agree with them. <laughs> you're right. Literally. That, yeah. I agree with them. That's hilarious. I, I say yeah. Because because once you agree with them, they, mm. they, there's no there's no rebut there's no like <laughs> there's nothing to for them to defend, and that's what most most salespeople go wrong. Mm. They defend it. So I agree with them, and I acknowledge what they said. In other words, so you're, they, what you're saying, Calvin, is very interesting because you're right. When you say um, uh, actually it's 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 a good price, or, or no, I don't think that's expensive. So the minute that you said anything against their what their opinion is it becomes a matter of opinion and yeah and that's my opinion involved. exactly yeah that's your opinion this is my opinion have a nice day i don't need to be on the phone with you bye but the minute like totally. you said the minute you say i totally agree with you it's like this is a crazy price all of a sudden it's like oh really you agree with me <laughs> you're not supposed to say exactly. that exactly <laughs> exactly you're not supposed to say that it like it it it's. I can't tell you how many friends I've won by doing that. It's just insanely mm-hmm. awesome. So, <clears throat> after you agree with them, let's say they're they're saying, "Wow, that's that's too expensive." Mm. Um, I first acknowledge it. Yeah, um, you're saying it's expensive. I totally agree with you. It is. <laughs> but then, and then they're like, "Well, now what?" But then I just remind them of their need, mm. or I might say, "Compared to doing nothing," because. Um, but then I show them how maybe not doing anything is actually more expensive. Well, like, yeah, it is. It, um, it is expensive. Totally agree with you. Hmm. But you get what you pay for. And then I justify it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it makes sense to them. I make it make sense to their mind. Like, you get what you pay for. And um, paying this and, and knowing Spanish in six months is wow. a lot less expensive, though, than going six months to a year not knowing it, and then missing out on the opportunities of either the, getting the girl or going to Mexico and not knowing what you're doing or uh, not getting that job promotion because you didn't know Spanish. So I totally agree with you. It That's is expensive, amazing. and this is a lot more expensive, though. So it's, you're, it's such a good idea that you called me, so I'm excited to, <laughs> to help you out there. You I know? love it. I love this. And, and so you, you, when did you leave that company, and what, what did you go on? Why did you leave the company? Actually, if you were so A year and a half ago. Oh, that's it. So, yeah, that's where I was. Oh, um, wow. The the reason I did, so after I learned sales, I ended up getting promoted into that company to the top management position. Mm-hmm. We're called Mentor Coaches, where we managed a group of agents of up to about thirty people, okay, uh, different sales agents, and it was a great job. It was mostly salaried and stuff like that, but quite. I mean, a lot of people would have killed for that job. What, but what the was reason the, I quit what, was can I ask I what, just, what, what was the salary? Um, I probably made it was depending on bonuses, um, anywhere between seventy to a hundred thousand a year. You mm, know, that's a very and good. That, that's amazing. Yeah, not um, and some people in my same management position within the company were making more than that. Mm-hmm. So it was it wasn't bad. Right. And but it just came down to it wasn't my own thing. Yeah, I wasn't an entrepreneur. I wasn't there for the job, and mm-hmm. I lost sight of why I was there for a little bit. Yeah, I was there to learn how to sell, and I had learned how to sell. And one of my biggest fears, actually, was not that I wasn't making enough money. My biggest fear was I was going to make just enough that made me want to stay there longer. Mm. And luckily, that I didn't really hit that number. Mm-hmm. And I just got to the point uh, 18 months ago, at the beginning of 2015 – where I was like, you know what, I've got to go do my own thing, and so mm. I quit. Were you married? Were you married then? Yeah. So that's something that a lot of people. Uh, I, I'm actually. I was just on a coaching call, 
with a client, and he he's in a very similar situation. It's crazy how identical it is. He's in a sales job that he was in. That he's been in for five years and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and he's going to be quitting his job. At least he's putting the date down. But there's all of these things of practicality. Well, I have all these debts and stuff like that. But what I want to tell you and the other brain pickers listening to this mm-hmm. is a lot of times when we – want to do something that we know our soul is calling for, like going after our dream or to go after our job, we have these fears that hold us back. And the tricky thing is, is their fear disguised as practicality. There's this cool video of Jim Carrey talking about this, and it is 100% the case. (laughs) You have these things like, for me, I have a wife and a one-year-old. Those could have been super good reasons to not quit my job. Mm-hmm. And society and everybody, my parents, my family, all of them would have just patted me on the back and said, yes, you did the right thing by staying to your job. But my soul was saying something different. Mm-hmm. I was not meant to be an employee. I was meant to go create something and be an entrepreneur. And sometimes you just have to jump even before you're ready. Another cool video, for, if anybody wants to go check an awesome video about this afterwards, go to Steve Harvey Jump. He gives a cool talk to his studio audience about how every successful person in this world has jumped off the cliff before mm. they were ready. Before Steve Harvey you, Jump. There's never going to be the perfect time. Wow. Yeah, Steve Harvey Jump. Okay. Jump off that cliff. And so, <laughs> yes, I had a wife. Yes, I had a one-year-old son. And the third thing tied to that I did not have another job lined up when mm. I quit. I just quit and then figured it out. Wow. And that is can be a little scary to a lot of people, but I think when you burn the boats and you, there's no turning back, that's when your creative juices come out and you just figure it out. When you have to figure it out, you generally do. So that's kind of what has been the process I've followed since then. So you left the company and then you had an idea to start a business. I mean, the truth is, is that you had you had a whole host of businesses you could have started. I mean, if you're great in sales, all you need to do yeah. is basically find a good product and, and, uh, and sell, no, sell it, let's, right? No, let me, let me be honest. I didn't just have a business idea and then, oh, I stepped into a business. Mm. No. I quit my job and it was the most exciting, fulfilling thing I had ever done. I knew I was on the right path when I went and quit. I'm like, yes, after two or three years, finally, I'm going on the right path. But then 24 hours passed and that excitement (laughs) was gone in a flash. I, through this transition, I had never been more stressed in my entire life. I had so much anxiety, maybe even depression, Mm-hmm. That I was waking up in the middle of the night in cold sweats, maybe getting two hours of sleep. Wow. And like literally my wife was waking me up because I was soaking her with my sweat <laughs> because my body was in so much like just vibrating fear of like, holy shit, what am I going to do? 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 Mm. And I didn't know what I was going to do. But and, and in a week, I lost 10 pounds. Wow. And so I, I, I'm all about telling the the – the real truth of how this is for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think people that are contemplating it need to know the truth. There's nothing to sugarcoat here. Number two, somebody that's going through it and feeling the shit right now, maybe somebody's listening to this that just barely quit their job. I want you to know that how normal it is and that you can, you're, that it's normal that you're feeling this, that you feel that anxiety. You're going to get through it. But because so, when I was in that space, I was like, well, maybe I'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur because I feel so shitty right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was wondering, should I go back? To, should I beg to have my old job back? <laughs> should I go do something else? I have a family and bills for crying out loud. What am I going to do? And I was so jealous and envious of other entrepreneurs that say, when I was five years old, I knew my passion, and I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah. And I'm like, here I am, 27. I don't know what my freaking passion is. <laughs> I don't know what I want to do. And so this is what I did because you mentioned having a business idea. I didn't have it right away. Right. So I knew 
based on that fear and based on how I was feeling that if I was going to step into entrepreneurship, that I needed to have the, have skills that would help me in anything I did. And so I literally moved from Utah to Southern California, made a big culture shift and change, and started doing door-to-door sales. Oh, my goodness. Because – because number one, I was now my own boss, so it was it was 100% commission. Uh-huh. I was my own boss. Nobody could tell me when to go and when not to go, so I had that. But at the same time, I had a mentor tell me that if you could do four months of door-to-door, you probably could do anything. Yeah. And, yeah. and I wanted to do that. So I'm like, okay, hey, while I'm figuring out what my passion is, I want to challenge myself and give myself a skill that – will help me in anything else I do. What were you selling? So that was, that was my first step. I was selling solar energy. Solar so energy. So high, okay. uh, high ticket stuff. And how did um, it go? Solar panels, solar systems. What's that? How did it go? It was door-to-door sales was the worst experience <laughs> of my entire life. <laughs> and I wouldn't oh. change a thing. Wow. I did it for about... I, I did it for over a year, almost a year and a half. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't have changed anything. That's because insane. Because I, I did something crazy four or five weeks ago. Okay. I, si- I signed up for a 50-mile ultra marathon. Oh, my God. <laughs> in City, Utah. I don't mean I signed mm. up for it five or five weeks ago. I ran it four or oh. five weeks ago. Uh, wow. So it's done. I wow. ran 50 miles in the mountains wow. in rain and snow wow. to challenge myself mentally to see if I could. It's amazing. That, that was possible because of doing door-to-door, of, of realizing that you're capable of more than you think you are and just looking at resistance, not becoming fearless. I don't know if anybody literally comes fearless, but mm-hmm. building courage to do something that doesn't feel good. But mm-hmm. you know that it's going to make you become better. It's like right. resistance when you bench press yeah. or it going against your comfort zone. Yeah. Like that's where growth happens. Yeah. And I would not have been able to sign up for that mentally mm-hmm. had I not done the door-to-door stuff. Yeah, so, so for those yeah. listening, Calvin, I just want to break in here for a second. Okay. I'm I'm loving this because it's so it's so crucial. It's I I really believe that we're touching here upon the most important thing in entrepreneurship of all the things there is I, f- I really feel like we've we've really hit the most important thing and I want to I want to share something this is episode 51 okay this is episode okay. 51 that means I've done 50 episodes okay I almost yep. done this, I've been almost doing this for about a year um, yep. I've had I've had Matis Yahoo famous singer on I, you would think those of you listening that I just get on the mic and I rock and roll, and it's all great. And I'm going to tell yeah. you, I'm going to tell you that every single time, every single time, I have butterflies in my stomach. I feel, yep. I almost feel like throwing up before I get on. Yep. Before I get on, and you know what, Tim Ferriss. I was just watching Tim Ferriss at the experiment um, uh, before, like the other day, and. It was incredible because Tim Ferriss, for goodness sake, right? He's been on every single... It's Tim Ferriss, right? Yeah, Tim Tim Ferriss, right? And he says in front of the camera, he's about to go on live television and he's done it so many times. And he's like, no matter how many times I do this, I always feel like throwing up. And I watched that and I was like, really? Come on, you, Tim Ferriss? Have you watched Steve Jobs, some of his early interviews? No. He... You you can go search like for Steve Jobs' first TV interview. This is Steve Jobs, okay. billionaire, one of the yeah. most successful people in the world. He said the exact same thing. It's amazing. Before his interview, right. he was like, he's like, I'm about to throw up, and right. people start laughing. He's like, I'm not even joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> it's amazing. He's like, I feel like I'm about to throw up to do right before a TV interview. And this you know is what, what I think needs to get told more. So I'm glad you're bringing it up. Right, and and, and I want to also share with the with the audience another thing is that you know when I do my interviews uh, on audio only, so most of my interviews are basically done over Skype and there's no video. And it, what's very interesting with Calvin, if you don't mind me sharing this, is that when I when I called Calvin on Skype, he immediately put video on. Now most of my guests they're very happy to not do video. In fact, a lot of my guests don't want to do video 
Um, whereas with Calvin, it was completely opposite. He's like, no, I want to do video. In other words, I want to, I want to see who you are, and I want you to see who I am, and just you know, create that personal connection. And I think there's two things that I took out of that, and that is number one is that you got to break through the the barriers of fear. You got to break through that discomfort. Like, yes, you, you're yeah. meeting someone for the first time, and it's so much easier to just sort of get on a phone call and not see the person. And you know, how do I look? How is my hair? You know, what do I look like? You know, what does he think of me? And all this stuff, right? But what I loved about what you did, Calvin, was like, I don't care what the hell he thinks I look like or anything. I'm just gonna break the barrier and just say, hey, this is me. Look at me. This is this is what I, this is who I am. And I really and respect to be fair, that. something that I think is important to know is I, I some people could be listening to this and say, well, I'm shy. Mm-hmm. I'm an introvert. Easier yeah. for him to do. Yeah. No. No, it it wasn't. Like this is development. Like a year and a half ago, 2 years ago, everybody's been on Facebook since 2008, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2 years ago, so like 2014, <laughs> I still was afraid to put my profile picture on my Facebook. It was a picture of Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes, the comic strip. That's hilarious. Because I didn't want to put myself out there. So I get it. And by so the way, go, and by the way go, guys, I, I've seen Calvin. He's a good looking guy. So, I mean. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So if he's, a, if he, that, he must have been really shy. I mean, for crying out loud. Yeah. Right. So I just think that's important to know because, A, what you're saying is absolutely true and life is better when you step out there. But I also want people – the people that might be thinking, well, easy for them to say they must be extroverts. No, no, no. It's you, – you're not becoming fearless. You're building courage. And here's the difference. Being fearless is you, you are without fear. Mm-hmm. I don't think regular human beings are ever without fear. We've just given several examples, and that's why I love that this is free flow because you mentioned uh, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss, he's the freaking he, – he is the king of doing crazy experiments. <laughs> he's won freaking tango competition. He's done right. wrestling competition. Has been world, he, he has been uh, – he wrote the four-hour work week. Like you right. want to put him on a pedestal, but even he wanted to throw up. He right. did not have – he wasn't fearless, but he had courage, meaning he felt the fear mm-hmm. – and did it anyway. Steve Jobs felt the fear and did it anyway. There's something that you want to do, listening to this, the audience, that you want to do, and you think that you have to build yourself up until the fear is gone before you do it. No. Feel the fear, but do it anyway. That's what Door to Door taught me. Right. I hated the idea of going out every single day but I committed that I was going to do it because I was doing it for the purpose of gaining that experience, plus I needed to, to pay rent. Right. And so I felt the fear, and I went and knocked on another door anyway. It, I, and I, I think that is just super important. I, I would say even, even more than that as well is that I feel that the minute that you're fearless, you're in trouble. And I'll tell you why. Yes. Because if you get on stage, whether you're a public speaker or whether you're in sales or whatever it is that you're doing – and you're fearless, meaning you have no fear. Do you know what you also lack? You have no emotions. You have no energy. Yep. You come on stage yep. without fear, without that nervousness in your belly. You're going to come off sounding dry and unemotional. Nobody wants to listen to somebody who's like monotonous, who totally. just sounds like they're, you know, just reading off a script. Like, you know, technically, you could memorize your speech to the point that you, it's impossible to forget anything and you can give it over. Yep. I'm telling you right now, nobody wants to listen to that. I would much yes. prefer someone walk on stage filled with fear and actually say it. Say, hey, guys, I'm shitting my pants right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, like, that would get people interested. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? And, and you know what's interesting as well about you, um, Calvin, is that you, you mentioned that um, only two years ago you started getting on Facebook. Well, I've, I looked at uh, your profile and I've seen some of the people you're connected to online. I mean, you, you, you're literally a social media beast. Um, you're pretty much mm-hmm. connected with most of the big online celebrities. So, I mean, could you share with our audience, hey, how did you go about doing that? You know, from two years ago, being a nobody online, because people talk about this all the time. People say, how do I get recognized online? How do I get on all these shows? How do I get, you know, how do I rub shoulders with people like, you know, Grant Cardone and, and all these yep. people that, I've, you know, that, that you see people with? What's your secret sauce? The biggest sauce? hack, the biggest hack to all of that, I think, is to go to events. 
Mm. Um, because I didn't just connect with them online. Like somebody that's recently connected with is Preston, Preston Smiles. You know, mm, he's yeah. a he's a beast. Like I, <laughs> I've been watching his stuff forever. Uh, he's maxed out on his on his Facebook friends, so I couldn't just reach out and right. say, "Hey, um, you should add me." It wouldn't have happened. But uh, two weekends ago, we're at the same event together, and I'm getting to hang out with him. And then he's the one that actually initiated after hanging out. He was like, "Hey, get with my uh, get with my uh, social media assistant, Kyle." And ha- get you added onto my friends list. Nice. And he was right there. And and so that's just an example. Uh, being around them in in the real world, I think, is probably the biggest um, hack that you could any, that anybody could do because events is where events are where like all of these amazing people congregate. You see all of them in a single weekend. Like that's where I met Gary Vaynerchuk for the first time, Grant Cardone, um, Robert Hertzovec for Shark Tank, wow. Damon John of Shark Tank. Like wow. so many different people at, at an event. You know, and you, you went see up to all them, of them. Calvin, let's. You went up to them and you and you and you said hi. How you doing? My name is Calvin. Da da da. Most yeah. p- most people would be like, oh my god, look who it is. It's it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and they wouldn't necessarily like engage totally. in conversation because they idolize them and they think oh they're like you know standing up a yes. mountain it's nonsense yes. you just go for it yes. you just go yes so that that i have an interesting story i i had all of that with every single person that i follow and admire books that i've read i had that until last year my mind was shifted last february i think it was february or march where I went to an event. It was really my first entrepreneur event, and I went there because Lewis Howes was going to be there. Yeah. And I was just start, started Lewis Howes School of Greatness Academy, something he was doing. I had listened to his podcast, and I went there, and and then I was in the back of the room, and then I saw Lewis walk by. It's like, <laughs> holy shit. And I went out of the room because he was out of the room now, and my first – question was dude where's his entourage where's his security like (laughs) where's all of this stuff because i thought they were so big that they were untouchable and then i did the unthinkable and i went and stood by him and just (laughs) waited until he was done talking to somebody then he looked at me and i was like hey i'm calvin i'm part of your school of greatness academy and he's somebody now that i've connected with like six seven eight times it feels like since supporting him with his book signing he knows me by my name he was part of my book he made it into a chapter but that started like just a year ago was like here's somebody that is an untouchable but i what i've learned through lewis because i think one thing that i love about him is he's talking about these same types of things and that is vulnerability matters like telling people the truth and being real about it matters and I learned that from him, seeing him in, in real life, in person. He was also at this event just a couple weekends ago. I mean, people are really cool and approachable and human beings. Yeah. Two weekends ago at the same event, I connected with – I don't know if you've heard of a guy named James Altucher. Yes. Uh, cool. He, he's written like 16, 17, maybe 18 New York Times bestselling books. Yep. He's a cool dude. He actually hung out at this event for three days. And so in that time, I connected with him multiple times, one of them for like 45 minutes straight, just sitting there chatting. So this is all, I hope, for people that you know these people, whether you're talking about Gary Vaynerchuk or Robert Herjavec or anybody that is an influencer, if you want to get connected to them, the very easiest and like a hack that is not talked about enough Mm -hmm. is to attend events. Love it. That you were interested in because they're probably going to be there and that's going to increase your chances of making it happen. You know, so, and, and, and that's here's, my advice there. Here's the thing, Carvin. I love it because a lot of people, now that social media and, and the internet has come, it's so easy to hide behind your screen. It's so easy to hide behind yeah. your Mac. And that's the problem. People are sitting on social media going, oh, why am I not getting out? Why, you know, how come I'm not connected to all these people? How come I can't? Like The answer is, is because you're sitting you know by your by your computer and you're just kind of like you know that's people don't relate to people on a screen they relate to people face to face and i'll tell you i'll tell you two things that i that i really take from this and i get asked a lot from people what's the best social media platform what's the best should i be on twitter Uh should i be on instagram should i be on pinterest should i be on snapchat should i be on facebook all all the different to me personally i'll tell you what i love personally is i love facebook and i'll tell you why i love Mm -hmm. facebook it's a very simple 
LinkedIn as well, for example, people ask, should I be on LinkedIn because I'm in a business to business? Facebook. Facebook for me is yep. number one. Why? Because 100%. that's where people are not afraid to show their, their, their personalities. I, I, yep. I, I put pictures of my kids on Facebook. I don't put pictures of my kids on LinkedIn. I don't put them on Twitter. Yep. I don't put them on, you know, but Facebook, I am me because it, yes. it, it's kind of just like, that's my personal place. That's where I go. That's where my friends are, you know, whereas on LinkedIn, it's a connection. On Facebook, it's a friend. And I really feel yep. like I connect more to people when I see, oh, look, he's married. Oh, look, there's his kids. Oh, look, they, he, he actually yes. goes, he actually goes uh, to, to, the, you know, to the beach and he does this. And, and it's just so much more personal. And I really relate to people a lot more on Facebook than on, on the, any of the, of the other social media platforms. And that's number one. Number two is events that I, I know people are scared and they're like oh but how and what and when it doesn't matter just like Calvin just like you went knocking door to door that was your way to break through you know your your yes. your, your shyness and your fears I would encourage those who are listening to this right now go and book your first event go find an event even if it's just a local small event I don't care what it is it doesn't have to be a big one but book yourself in and go and just meet people. Get used to it because yeah. that's how I, you do I, it. I'll give you I'll give you two that are coming up since I know this is this podcast episode's coming out really quickly. Okay. There's one in actually they're both San Diego events. I live in Arizona, but um because some people might be thinking, well, I have to spend like a lot of money on events, and I have. One of the biggest events where I met the like Robert Hertzovec and Gary Vaynerchuk for the first time. I invested $1,000 to go to that event. Mm. And when I did, I was like, holy shit, I don't know <laughs> if I can afford this, if I should do this. Right. But that event changed my entire life because everybody in there, because of the higher ticket price, were all badasses. Yeah. And they were fine to talk to you. And that's where I got my connection to get featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, which snowballed me to get featured into Huffington Post and mm -hmm. Social Media Examiner. All of that came from that. So the return on investment happened a long time ago. But – if you want to start small in terms of investment, there's an event coming up. Uh, it's put on by uh, Life on Fire. It's called something like Life on Fire. If you search Life on Fire event or something like that, you'll find it. It's the first weekend of December, and it's like a – You get, right now you get a ticket for free essentially. You invest like $97 to lock in your spot, and when you show up, you literally get your money back. Hmm. It's one of the coolest things ever. That was one of my biggest events that changed everything for me. June of of last year. Wow. That's all it's been. June of last year. It's where I connected with a lot of uh, other amazing entrepreneurs in business that were that were going after their business was that event. So literally ninety seven bucks, and then you get the money refunded back when you go there. It's just to lock the space down, and you're it's just full of amazing entrepreneurs. Sorry, the other cool. one. Just shameless plug is my event the weekend hey. after, second weekend in San Diego. And it's uh, my first ever event. I'm going to keep it small, less than 50 people there. And it's only 47 bucks right now. Hmm. As you go, as you check it out when you hear this, it might be 57 or 67 because the price will be going up as we get closer to the event. But that is Saturday, Sunday, second weekend of December in San Diego. You can get that by going to calvinwomen.com forward slash live. If you want to connect there, but those are two simple ways, things coming up that you're going to be around other people that are like you, that are doing it and start connecting with other entrepreneurs and other people that are speakers and people that you've been admiring from afar and you realize how they're just normal, everyday mm -hmm. people. Yeah. So there you go. And those links will be in the show notes. And by the way, again, just like, you know, Calvin just said, shameless plug. You know, people are so uh, afraid or embarrassed or ashamed to like plug and to, you know, put themselves out there. And, and I just, I respect that because like, that's what you're here for. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's why you're here yeah. on the show. Like at the end of the day, yeah, you want to come on the show and you want to get brand exposure and you want to have, but at the end of the day, you've got to take action. And people are so scared sometimes to be like, oh, am I allowed to mention my live event or not just to hell with yeah. it? Just go for it, right? Well, here's uh, the thing too. Even from a very non-selfish place, you know Grant Cardone, yeah. right? Something that he says that is so important is the number one reason pe people's businesses fail <clears throat> or or why they don't grow is not that they're a bad person and not that they have a bad business. It's one thing, obscurity. 
Mm. Meaning there's not enough people that know who you are. Mm. That's the problem. So you can have all this value to give someone, but if you have all this value just bottled up, you can't give it and share it to other people if they don't know about it. Right. How can you give value to somebody if you don't if they don't know about it? So that's what helped me go over the hump when I'm like, well, I don't want to come across as egotistical or mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm worried what other people think. No, if I really want to help people like I do, the only way for me to be able to do that is if they know I exist and they know that it's available. And so that's one of the reasons I do what I do and I'm out on social media now because that's how I'm going to serve more people is if they know that right. I exist. And, so, and, and part of that was you wrote a book called uh, Fish Out of Water, right? So yeah. that, that again, that's just another way of getting yourself out there because look, I'll be honest with you, I've been wanting to write a book for 10 years. Seriously. Wow. 10, 10 years. I've had this book in my head and I know exactly what the concept is. I think it's going to be revolutionary. I'm being serious. I really think it's going to help a lot of people. But I just just haven't got down to... F- doing it you know what i mean and mm-hmm. I, I applaud totally. you calvin that you've that you've actually written the book and you've got it out there and it's incredible and um just just for the sake of our audience as well uh, what what can you explain what the book is about fish out of water kind of a lot of what we've been talking about the guide to achieving breakthrough and permanently transforming into the new you like it's it's a phase of goal setting that i don't think is talked about and like people always talk about like this is how you reach your goal. You set it and then go after it. Um, but most people don't achieve their goals as an unfortunate stat. Mm-hmm. Like when New Year's resolutions come around, they're just around the corner, 92% of New Year's resolutions fail, <laughs> which is yeah. a very sad statistic. They get yeah. it, Everybody's excited writing them in, at the beginning of January, and then come February, they're gone. Yeah, And so – when I heard that, I, was, I started to study why, why it is, and I found a couple things, not only in other people, but my own hmm. um, experimentation. Because again, I, I used to be like 30, 40 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, I used to set New Year's resolutions, get excited, and then fall apart. And this is what I've learned. In anything that you're leveling up in, whatever your goal is, whether it's your career, your relationships, your finances, anything – that you're stepping into something bigger in life, if you've never done it before, which you probably haven't, that's why it's a goal, you want to get to somewhere else, you are going to hit this phase where it feels weird and it feels awkward and you feel out of place. You're out of your element. You are a fish out of water. That's what it feels like. That's why I named my book that because Mm. that's what I'm talking about, that phase, that period that everybody hits when they level up. That's what people are hitting. They're hitting that resistance in February where you feel like a fish out of water. The tragedy is most people didn't know that they were going to be a fish out of water, and they think it feels weird and awkward. And it is weird and awkward. It feels like you can barely breathe sometime. And just like a real fish can't be out of water for long, neither can we. And the tragedy is when people hit that stage, since it feels so awkward, they end up reverting back to their old fishbowl of what I call medio- their old fishbowl of mediocrity so they can feel normal again. Mm. But then they never hit the goal. So what fish out of water is all about is recognizing that this is going to happen, but what to do when you hit that stage so that you break through that and make a new normal. You literally will create a new standard for yourself so that you go into new waters. And you, when you go through this process, you literally transform what I call from being a guppy, not mm. to just being a bigger guppy, but transforming into an entirely new fish, becoming a shark. So that's nice. what the whole book's about. Sounds amazing. Calvin, I'm going to have a, a link to that in the show notes. So for those of you listening that want to grab uh, that book, um, just head over to the to my show notes. Yeah, something and, uh, I haven't announced even on my own social media yet. So people hearing this for the first time, amazing! Um, it actually just barely got accepted into Audible as well. So wow. Fish Out of Water is now available on Audible. I Congrats. recorded it; it's my own voice and everything. So I'll be announcing that on social media shortly. But whether you have the physical version, you can get that at calvinwayman.com forward slash book, or if you like audio when you're driving and stuff, then you can go find it on Audible with, cool. just by searching Fish Out of Water. And uh, so for those of you that want to 
get a hold of those links and also all the links that uh, that we mentioned in uh, in this interview, uh, just have a, head over to danielgeffen.com forward slash 51. Um, Calvin, before we go, this has been absolutely incredible. Um, I'm very much a big believer in action steps. I feel like a lot of people who listen to podcast shows, they listen to it and there's so much information and they kind of get overwhelmed and they kind of just don't know what to do. Calvin, can you give our listeners one action step they can take today? Just one. Well, it depends on the thing they what they want out of their life. And I mm-hmm. think part of the action step is it's going to – it's part of a concept, and it's doing what you're do- what you're saying at the same time. There's the reason people don't take action is they don't know what the right action is. A lot of times, I talk they they feel like they they don't know and they need it to be perfect. Yeah. And I just want to give people permission here to take a step, even if it's ugly and horrible, <laughs> in whatever direction you want to go. This is a concept I call talk in my book about. Um, that all successful members or all successful people were members of the CIA. And what I mean by that is they took consistent, imperfect action. Mm, So whatever that is for you, if you want to start a podcast, record your first horrible episode. Oh, yeah. I know about that. If you want to write a book, if you want to write a book, write your first horrible paragraph. Uh Do it imperfectly. Like seriously, whatever that is. Um, I'm all about giving advice that's specific to that person because it's different for for everyone. But that concept will work for you. Take that first if you want if you want to get in better shape, sign up for a race in six months. You know, like and and then just start and then go on a jog for like 15 minutes. Like it's do something that's so small and so and 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 it's not perfect. It doesn't require a lot of perfection because we forgot somewhere along the way that that's not how we learned anything that we know today. Whether it's talk, whether we're looking at walking when we were children, or even riding a bicycle for the first time. Mm. Imagine when you were riding a bicycle, you wobbled, you fell off, but you got back on anyway, and that's where you win. So that next action step depends on you. What do you want to do? Just take one little step and give yourself permission to do it horribly. Wonderful, amazing. Calvin, what's the best way for my listeners to get in touch with you? CalvinWayman.com is the very, very best way. You can find everything there, my social links and everything. I'm all over social media because that's my uh, social media business. Mm-hmm. Um, or that My business is everything around social media, so you can check out all of that at CalvinWayman.com. Speaking of which, um, since I do social media, I always like to give as much value as I can, especially to people that are – uh, that have listened to a whole interview and stuff like that. So if there's anybody listening to this that wants help with social media and I got, and, and you're ready to take it to the next level, then I'm giving away something right now called a free social media makeover. Mm-hmm. And anybody listening to this can grab that by going to socialmediamakeover.org. You can also find it on my website. Um, but yeah, socialmediamakeover.org and we can help you get on the right footing so that you go in the right direction with your social media as well. Amazing. Calvin, this has been incredibly inspiring. Thanks so much for letting me pick your brain. And thank you to my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.